Hello there and welcome to Talking About Risks with me, Sunny Gopal. This is an audio extract from a video on my YouTube channel. And of course, if you prefer to watch the video, head on over to that channel, which is one word, R-E-D-R-I-S-K-S, and hit that subscribe and the notification bells. I promise you, there's no junk, it's all educational. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi there and welcome to the uh, Red Risks Live first show on uh, YouTube. It's been quite nerve-wracking for me trying to get this all set up and uh, I hope there's no buffering issues and welcome to the show. So before we get started, um, I know that there's a big challenge at the moment globally so with the coronavirus and I'm very grateful that you've spared 10-15 minutes of your time to join me on my uh, first live event and um, thank you for that and I wish you 
and your loved ones all the best um, and um, please take care of each other. Now, before we go a little bit further into the content, uh, one favor to ask is please support this channel. Um, give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down, doesn't matter, they all help. And also subscribe and I can let you know uh, through notifications of things that are coming up. We've got a lot of things coming up planned. And of course, uh, you can subscribe with a little red, red uh, box that you can see in the corner of the screen there. Um, I titled this um, show or this um, presentation, Standard Operating Procedures, and some top tips. Operating procedures, as we know, are, well, quite a big issue in, in some companies. And it has caused or has led to discussions in terms of uh, contribution towards incidents. So, let me, sh let me share with you what the format of the presentation is. So it's a quick slideshow um, going into some details and then I'm going to open it up for discussions through the chat feature on YouTube. Um, it, can, it can get a little bit slow because of buffering but I'll try and keep up with it as, as much as I can. And this chat is of course is only available during the live streaming session and in the recorded version there will be the comments posted as well. Let's kick off then. So what is the standard operating procedure or a standard operating procedure? You're probably familiar with ISO 45001. In there, procedure is defined as a specified way to carry out an activity or a process. But what is a process? Well, a process is also defined in the same standard where it talks about a set of interrelated or interacting activities which transforms inputs into outputs. Think of it very simply as a standard operating procedure is a set of written instructions that document a routine or a repetitive activity. But what sort of um, operating procedures are there? Well, here are some examples. Uh, you might be lucky to have a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, so it comes with an owner's manual. If like me, you probably have never looked at your vehicle owner's manual. You just get in and go. Even your vacuum cleaner, even some of the most simplest things come with an operating manual. I have a Canon camera, which is shown in the picture, and that comes with a manual this thick. And that's just for illustration in terms of the number of languages that we have to cover, the cultural aspects and the diversity. So you can imagine standard operating procedures create quite a challenge. But where does the standard operating procedure fit within the hierarchy of controls? You're probably again very familiar with the hierarchy of controls and it goes in terms of risk reduction from elimination where you completely get rid of the risk, don't do it for a start, right through the way through to PPE and it goes elimination, substitution, engineering controls, administrative and PPE and in that terms of most effective to least effective. Well, standard operating procedures sit in that box called administrative controls. The word that's used a lot on uh, media now is PPE, as, as we're all aware, when it comes to coronavirus. Now, one would say, well, that really does sit in the lowest part of the hierarchy of controls. In a way, it's naturally gravitated towards that, that way because of the pandemic aspects. But this is not about COVID-19, this is about standard operating procedures. I've taken this as an example from my risk management fundamentals training course, which I'm also going to be doing live in future events. 
And I wanted to highlight here one particular aspect. You can see, this is, a, this is quite a, a famous picture, in fact, or well, a, quite a well-known picture. And it shows the employee there on a, a saw and, well, there's potential for harm there, the hazard aspect. But here we can see the administrative control coming in the operating procedure where it says, well, we can stop this from happening by having a procedure which can be written up which tells them to keep the fingers clear of the saw blade. Now, you and I both know that doesn't always work. Now, if I'll just mention that if you have any questions in the chat, please, can we sort of leave it towards the end? And then that way I can really start focusing on, on them as well. Let's go into the tips now. Um, there are lots and lots of tips one can offer in terms of standard operating procedures. But what I wanted to do is dig down into my sort of experience over the years and say, well, which ones have I thought of as being the most effective or the ones that can really contribute towards incident uh, mitigation, accident prevention, etc." The first thing I thought of was to make it purposeful and relevant, make the standard operating procedure purposeful and relevant. Well, what do I mean by purposeful? You are aware of the risk management process in the sense that you go through identifying a risk, assessing it, controlling the risk, and then reviewing the controls. When I say make it purposeful and relevant, I'm saying that when you think of controlling risks, that's where you're trying to be purposeful. And make it relevant in terms of don't try and create operating procedures for things that are unnecessary. It's about quality and not quantity. The next tip I want to talk about is to make it objective and not subjective. Two of my favorite words, because when you talk about something being subjective, it's really more based on personal opinions, judgment, feelings, or a point of view. Whereas when you're objective, it's very factual and it's based on observations and measurements. In the world of safety and risk management, we really should be airing more towards observations and measurements and making factual sort of um, objectives. In other words, objective is fact, whereas subjective is opinion, opinions. This one about making it clear and concise is my third tip. Have a wander over to the HSE UK's website and they talk about operating procedures. And in there, they give you some words and it says provision of clear, concise, talks about most effective measure to prevent, control and mitigate such events. And it should clearly, the word that really came out to me there was clearly. And that's why I use my tip number three is make it clear and concise. So what does that mean? Well, let's keep it simple, stupid, an acronym you're very familiar with, KISS. But what exactly do we mean by KISS? How? How can we make it KISS? This tip is probably the one that I would say has the, has the most impact in terms of contributing towards um, risk reduction. And I always look back to the J.K. Rowling book um, on Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series. The Harry Potter series of books is, appeals to a wide range of audience, um, all the way through from young teenagers, even younger, all the way through to um, uh, grandparents and so on. But why, why is it so appealing? Why has J.K. Rowling been so successful in making it so clear and concise? And it's all about the readability aspects of what she writes. 
and you can find out with a simple process called the Fleisch-Kincaid test. And those of you who are very familiar with that, forgive me if I've not uh, pronounced it correctly, but I've always referred to it as Fleisch-Kincaid test. The Fleisch-Kincaid test is really simple. You take any paragraph of any procedure, any document, put it through into the, uh, the black box and it churns out some numbers. And the numbers it churns out are between a range and it classifies it as a, as a grade. And if you look at the readability, what you're trying to do is say, I want to try and appeal to a broad base of people. So in other words, it's not just about uh, academia, it's not just about the operators, it has to be across a broad range. And the fantastic thing about the Flesh-Kincaid, and I use it a lot, is it allows you to slot your procedure to your targeted audience. In other words, it's made fit for purpose. And you can see there my, my little Harry Potter chappy there is in there in terms of a grade which is between basic and average. Makes it easy fairly to read uh, and to understand. Whereas if you go for something like a, a really convoluted, complicated procedure of some sort, you're going to be ending up towards an academic paper. I can't recommend enough the use of the Fleshkin-Kaid test, not just for procedures, but for anything that you write, because nowadays interpretation of messages can be quite um, different for different people and different parts of the world. Now, you can find out more about the Fleshkin-Kaid readability test on Wikipedia. Um, Everything is free. You don't have to pay for any of this stuff. You can even put it onto your uh, Microsoft Word package. And I wrote an article back in August of last year, which you can find on the website. And it's called How to Check Your Written Work for Free and Why You Should. Please, I'll put the details of that in the show notes below of this recording. But have a go at it, even just for the sake of fun, and you'd be quite shocked. Put your CV through it, and you'd be quite shocked at some of the results that you could get from that. Fleshkin-Kade test, tip number three, make it clear and concise. Tip number four is about, yes, you guessed it, make sure it aligns with training and competency framework. Training, don't forget, is about, it's an environment in which people practice techniques to acquire the skills. But being trained doesn't mean that the person is necessarily competent. Competency is the ability to demonstrate the use of education, skills and behaviours to achieve the results required for a job. So when you talk about operating procedures, the two have to be taken very carefully into consideration, training and competency. There have been occasions when I've been to clients and they've got procedures and they said we've given the training, but necessarily uh, not the competency aspects have been looked into. And it can go the other way around as well. So tip number four, Make sure your SOP aligns with the training and competency framework. Finally, this is not a newcomer, you're very familiar with this, is to test the effectiveness periodically. Is it fit for purpose? You can write a procedure for everything under the sun, but let's make it quality and not quantity. And then you have to make sure that it's actually doing what it's supposed to be doing. Is it, is it actually allowing the operators or the end user to implement the procedure in a way without saying, well, I don't really understand this. I'm going to do it like I, I think it should be done. And that's where you know things can start to go wrong. So periodically dip in, 
pick out a procedure, even if it's remotely observed, just make sure that it's doing its job and it's fit for purpose. I think for me, from a slideshow perspective, I don't really want to uh, do death by PowerPoint, which is very easily done. I'd like to sort of just open it out to have a discussion with yourself. And I'm going to flick over to the chat side to see if um, any of you have any specific comments. Okay, so as it's the first show, as I expected, there are no particular uh, comments coming out. And in a way, you've made life a little bit easier for me because it gives me uh, time to uh, go away and think about other things. But remember, I'm not far away. You can always connect with me on emails or any other systems, LinkedIn, etc. And also through the, uh, the website. And standard operating procedures are a very important uh, part player in terms of uh, risk reduction. Please take those tips, add to them your own. And if there's anything that I can support you with, just drop me an email and I'm more than happy to offer my thoughts and suggestions. First show, thank you for taking part. Uh, there are a few of you on, there are five of you on. Uh, hopefully we'll add more and more as we go along. Um, but I wish you the best and catch up with you soon on uh, the future events. Thanks very much. Uh -huh.